You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. And David, I woke up this morning, very early in the morning, as I often do, and the Dow Jones features were down 300 points. And I looked at the Hang Sang, and it was just going down incrementally, hour by hour, half hour by half hour. And it was all, of course, to do with the latest Chinese crackdown on tech stocks. And I don't quite understand what's going on here, but this authoritarianism is becoming quite a concern because it's not, it's not Alibaba and it's not Tencent this morning. It was education stocks. How does that yeah. work? Well, well education um, is very important in Chinese lives, especially this is school education, not yes. uh, tertiary education, because apparently the state decides which university you attend. And in order for them to decide, it depends on the mark that you get. So there's a very, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on kids to get good marks. Yeah. As a result of that, um, they have a curriculum um, set by the state, I would imagine. And what happens is that you have these tutor or these um, apps or um, tutorials after school to help kids. Right. In other words, uh, um, you know, do better than, than, than the normal school and, and help them get through it. And so a lot of these apps are charging money, number one. And secondly, some of them or most of them are actually outside of uh, the country. So they run by perhaps Chinese people living in America, wherever it is. I'm, give, I'm giving you my understanding of it. Yes. You, you know, I always say just these are the facts that, that I'm picking up. But what's happened is that it's also they believe it's unfair, you know, because certain rich kids can afford um, to go to these tutorials or apps or have par- uh, private tutorage whereas uh, a lot of the other kids can't. And remember, this is China. This is uh, uh, communism rule, you know, where everything is equal. So I think there's been quite a um, you know, reaction by the authorities to this. And they said, well, you can continue to do this, but it's got to be free. You know, you can't make money out of it. So I think that's why these stocks have all come down. And these stocks were very big favorites amongst a lot of investors because of the size of them and their reach and the money that they've been making. So I think they're pretty upset that you're making money out of a school system and, you know, I would say taking advantage of these kids, but they, they already putting pressure on the kids, you know, to, to get to varsity. So that's the backdrop. And it's just another, uh, ratchet, you know, another ratchet up in their control over a lot of successful businesses. Uh, but what's happened is that it's spread right through the companies like Made to Own, um, I'm seeing NetEase, that's the gaming company, yes. which came down 13%. There might be other factors. Um, but, but a lot of pressure on, on, on companies and how to behave, uh, you know, in the, in, in, in the Chinese, um, economy. So what they're saying so, is, it, so what they're saying is essentially that we are going to control education now. You can't charge for yes, an embellishment yes. of the system that we have in place. You can't make money out of it, even if no. you have willing customers that will yes. educate Chinese children that will further the future of the Chinese economy and Chinese society. I don't understand it, David. And again, it's slightly disturbing. And what's going to be what? next? Don't, don't think America is any different. <laughs> America's also comes through from another angle on uh, equality. And, um, I, we, I, we know of a case in, in, in California 
where they have what they call accelerated maths courses. In other words, those kids who are faster than others can go to, can accelerate their learning. So what? By, okay, they can accelerate the learning. So what, what schools do is they, they give maths and they give accelerated maths. Um, in other words, a, might, one might call it where you've got advanced students so that these advanced students can progress and exactly go to the universities where they, they bring out, you know, where they uh, produce scientists and those chaps who are able to send Mr. Bezos to the moon or to, sorry, into space. Mm-hmm. So what happens though mm-hmm. is that there's an outcry. Yes. You know, that, uh, you can't do that. It's, it's, it's not equal. In other words, You've got to stop that. You've got to treat everybody the same because it's discriminatory. It's discriminatory against the slower learners. And they always bring a race issue into that. So, but you know, so David, you I mean, is no, that- this is, I, it's mad. I'm not, all I'm trying to say to you that yes, the Chinese are taking it to another level, but, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's all part of, um, these new buzzwords, these left, you know, lefty w- w- words where, You've got to hold people back. You know, you've got to give everybody the same chance. But I, I, anyway, that's, I, I disagree. Is, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Mm. First of all, competition is very good. Mm. Otherwise, what are you going to have a football team where um, there's no opposition? You just you just play, mm. <laughs> you just go kick off and, and score twenty goals. Well, you know, you, do you know that in America they don't have when when they're little kids mm. play. You know, I don't know, up to under ten or nine, they don't have results. <laughs> there's no result. You just go and play against these other, like playing on the front lawn. So there's no counting until much later when you get to 11, 12 maybe, because you might upset people's feelings. Yeah, well, it's very interesting so, that the Chinese have been so, um, have been <laughs> over the last few years, have been so keen to be the top of the Olympic medals board. I mean, I, uh, I'm talking about America. Hey, I'm not talking about China. Yeah, I'm but it's, it's, it's America all... under nine and ten, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm saying this is it, it's madness. But I mean, we, it's not publicised in America, and it's isolated cases. But uh, uh, this is, you know, this is the government stepping in. Government stepping in and really um, clamping down on, on uh, you know, on businesses and and really inhibiting them, you know, taking away the freedom to to act. And I suppose that's the capitalistic system. So they want to control everything. But in this case, it's it's it, before it it's been security of information. And I, you know, what a lot has to do with Lindsay. It's a lot has to do with these businesses being set up in America. And, um, you know, being set up in America, being handled by Americans, interfering in their system. And the worry, this is, there's a little bit of a worry for us because you know that, um, uh, is holding of Tencent or processes holding of Tencent is done through, uh, the income stream through a company set up in some foreign island or somewhere. I don't know where exactly where. Where they're entitled to the flow, you know, flow. They don't actually own the shares. That gives them the right. And that's a little bit disconcerting because a lot of these education companies are set up in the same way as, uh, NASPAS has set up their holding of 10 cent. 
Mm. Is this about to unravel? Mm. I mean, we don't need to go into the, yeah. the details yeah. because uh, you know a lot more than I do, but I don't think either of us know exactly what the people at Process and Naspers are sitting down and discussing around the boardroom yeah. table or in the managerial executive room, whatever it is. They are obviously very concerned about this because the share price has recovered quite nicely. And then suddenly today, looking at my screen, Process down uh, 7.5%, Naspers down almost the same. These are big moves for companies yeah. that are in index mm. track that contribute to pension funds in South Africa and they own 20% 20 of that index tracking firm is with these two companies and suddenly 7% of the 20% has suddenly been lost or 8% has been lost. It's very concerning. Yeah, very much, very much so. Because the Chinese authorities can do anything and you've got no recourse. You've got no recourse in the courts. So if they decide they don't like the setup. And I'm being a bit mischievous now because, as you say, we're just speculating. But, I mean, if they don't like the setup, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And uh, I, it's also making a lot of foreign investors a little uncomfortable because they're not doing anything to encourage foreigners to come in, Chinese, uh, you know, the Chinese government at the moment. If anything, it's, it's, they're starting to push foreigners away and they're starting to push companies in China that had thoughts of expanding beyond their borders outside, you know, starting to, uh, uh, clamp down on them as well. Yeah. So I, it's, 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 it's a concern. Um, we don't know how far to take this and whether this will, you know, uh, kind of just fade away. But I mean, for the meantime, it's a worry. And you, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big part of the index. We, we took, first of all, on a day to day basis, and I'm going to give you the numbers now. I haven't looked at them, but I, I, we quote them every day when we talk to you. But if you look at the volumes on the JSC at the moment, and we're now 20 past four, it's about 14 billion that is traded. 44% of that is or uh, almost 5.8 billion is in process and aspect. So that's how big it is mm. on the JSC. Yeah, and there's you a know, phrase, uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but the JSC yeah. has unintentionally yeah. done so because of the, the, the yeah. huge success of NASPES and the way yeah. that uh, a process has been spun out of the, the NASPES stable. But anyway, it's very, very interesting. I just look back to when, when Beijing first cracked down on Hong Kong, whether it be politically because of all the protests against authoritarian rule and not rigged elections, but elections that weren't quite fair towards Hong Kong citizens. And I, I said to myself at the time, I say, would you, yeah. would you invest in any mm. company that is exposed yeah. to Hong Kong? Yeah. Just like, would you invest in any company exposed mm. to South Africa after the riots that we saw? And that's a, an isolated example. But the Hong Kong story is not isolated. The Hong Kong story will go on forever and ever. And to yeah. me, I would have, if I did, you look back and you say it was very simple. You sell everything on the Hang Seng, any domestic yeah. stock on I, the Hang Seng. Right. You know how you play it? You know how you play it. Be careful of those businesses. What if, if you look at Tencent and you look at uh, Alibaba and those companies, the Chinese young people or, uh, um, are still using the apps. They still message each other. They pay each other that way. They play games and so on and so on. So they're not affected by it. They will continue to do what they do. Regardless, what they might do is they might use an app which used to belong to Tencent, now belongs to some other company, but they'll still use it. 
What, where you will still benefit is that companies who are selling goods to China, I think the luxury goods companies, I think the, you know, Nike, L'Oreal, Estee Lauder, all those businesses, Yum, uh, Starbucks, or, you know, Yum, uh, being Kentucky Fried Chicken, all of those will continue to to do well. But the tech businesses that are you know are moving out of China and are getting too big, and uh, you know uh, too muscly, are those are the ones that are under a bit of danger at the moment. And that's where you've got to be aware of. So I'm not going to sell. I'm not going to sell my LVMH or any of those. I still think they'll do well. I still think the motor car companies will do well. But um, the tech side of it is worrying. I just look at the gaming company today, uh, NetEase, mm. uh, which is a, a well-known. That's that's down about 13% today. Uh, JD.com, Alibaba, all of those, um, Baidu, Pinduoduo. These are all recently, you know, recent businesses that have uh, emerged very, very strong or under severe pressure. I've been – listen, I was uh, – We've had exposure. I, I went into a – first of all, we've got massive exposure here on Process and Aspis in local portfolios. Yes. Not not in line with the index. You know, that's that's like 20%. We're probably half of that uh, or even less than half of that. Um, and also, I, I like the Chinese fund, Satrix 40. Uh, so, uh, sorry, a Satrix China fund. You know, we haven't got big into it, and we've kept it very, very small. You know, down to about no more than four or five percent of a portfolio, if that. But we've been hurt. You know, hurt because of that, because of their exposure to all the companies that I've just read out now. But you've got to look at so, it from two points of view, David. You've got to say to yourself, okay, uh, Alibaba yeah. and Tencent and all the other ones that you've just reeled off, and you say, well. If you've got a tech fund, a global tech fund, a massive global okay. tech fund, you say, well, I've got this money and it's got to be allocated to tech. Mm. So I can't now justify going into Tencent because of the uncertainty regarding mm. the regulations that might be imposed upon this company. But I've got to deploy the money. So I'm going to get out of maybe 10% of my mm. Tencent holding and I'm going to have to put it elsewhere. Where do you put it? First yeah. of all, Silicon Valley. First of all, the United States of America. So that plays yeah. into your hands because you're heavily invested there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, that's where we have to go back. No doubt about that. I, I, you know what the problem is? And and in theory, it's easy to say, let's get out. But let me give you the problem. And this is the conundrum. Yes. I, I've been looking through our clients' holdings in process and aspects, okay? Right. And on process, because of the split, remember, when they split, you actually – it was a dividend, and you you had to pay capital gains tax. I can't even remember how the structure worked, but nevertheless, we did pay capital gains, and therefore we brought the company in. You know, we brought process in at quite a high value relative to where it's trading now. So I looked at the the average profit on process in clients' accounts is about 16% on process. On process, when I go to their holding in Naspers the profit is 240%. Hmm. Okay, so understand what does that mean? That means if I decide to ease out of NASPERS, I'm going to pay capital gains, a massive capital gains bill, and which, yes, somewhere down the line that's going to be paid. The problem is I've got to decide, listen, <laughs> is the bill worth the pain? You know, how, how deep is that pain going to be? 
And that's, that, that's our conundrum when we decide to sell out. So it's one thing in theory, yes, I'd like to ease out of that. But in, in practice, it's going to cause a very chunky bull. And I, what we've got to do is, is decide on, so where's the downside? You know, if the downside is going to be another 18 odd percent, and I'm, I'm just throwing out numbers, you know, 18, 20 percent, yes, then it'll pay us to get out. But if not, then take the pain and just wait for this to recover. When I listen to that last 48 seconds of my life, listening to you, I think to myself, how on earth does the financial services injury and the corporate world make right. things so complicated? And if I were you, David, at, your, at the stage of your life, you're in the autumn of your life and you're a good commentator, <laughs> I would say, right, I'm off now to New York. I don't care about uh, process and NASPES, although I'll follow it. And I'm going to get a, a, a job as a co-presenter or a presenter on a New York radio station and you'll get massive <laughs> you know, sponsors because um, people will like you. And that's the end of it. You don't have to funny. worry about this sort of thing. Uh, it, it, it is. You, you know what, Lindsay, it's exactly that. Um, it, life becomes very difficult when you're running other people's portfolios. And, and somewhere down the line, those taxes will be paid. You know, sometimes you can hire them through structures or through, uh, wrappers, uh, but eventually the money will be paid. And, and, and today it's, it's, it's highly complicated. And what it does do is it creates, um, what, 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 what's the word I'm saying? It, it, it immobilizes the movement of uh, the two things that, that have immobilized the stock exchange. Yes. One. The one is, one is FICA. In other words, you know, setting up an account. So Lindsay decides that you're going to not, you don't want to deal with me. You're going to deal with Nick. So you're going to transfer your account. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be a trust. Well, by the time you've completed the forms and gone through the process, you say, you know what? Sorry, Nick. This is just, too much heavy lifting for me. I'm staying with that. Uh, I'm staying with Shapiro, you know, as bad as he is. or as a, You know what I'm saying? That's what happens. Do you understand what happened? Or let's put it this way. I decide, you know what? I want to go to Nick. I want, I want to join forces with Nick. I want to work for Sunlam. Yeah. I want to move tomorrow. And then I go to my clients and say, listen, I'm going to work for Nick. And they say, oh, no. if you think I'm going to go through all that process, all those issues, and move my account again and fill out all those forms and, 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 uh, every beneficiary, you know, to not forget it. I'm not doing it. So what happens is you immobilize people. What's the right word? I, is that, you know, in other words, people can't, they, they, they can't good. move. You hamstring that. I, mean, I and, suppose they're hamstrung. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is the exact thing that I've told you now with, uh, with capital gains because that has to be paid now. Yes. And we have to consider, is it worth paying the capital gains or doing? So what happens is you don't trade. You know, you, you no longer move shares because of that. And it's not a matter of whether we're trading in shares or not. It's just that these bulls are so hefty now, you just, oh, no, it's not worth it. So that has to come into your consideration. Well, after that cheerful 10 minutes, <laughs> let's talk about something a little bit more cheerful and the results from Anglo-American Platinum. They've got yep. so much money. They don't know what to do with it. Well, they do know what to yeah. do with it because they're playing a record dividend. 
and they're not being silly. One of the reasons that they're not being silly and going out and buying obscure mines in the northeast of Russia or something is because they're not available. Platinum group metals are concentrated mm. in certain areas, notably mm. South Africa mm. and Southern Africa, yeah. Zimbabwe yeah. and South Africa, uh, mm. Russia, and also a certain amount in, in Canada. But you can't just go out there like a tech company can no. go to Silicon Valley and say, well, I like that startup, I'm going to buy you for, for one and mm. a half billion or whatever it is. You can't do mm. it. It's a, no. South Africa is sitting pretty, is sitting pretty rather, with 76.8% of the world's PGM supply, mm. known supply. So just carry on doing what you're doing, making yourself more efficient, making loads of money. Hopefully the price goes up and paying out to your shareholders. It's not an easy game, but goodness me, they're doing very well. No, they're doing brilliantly. You know, they basket in dollar were, this is for the, versus the last six months, I mean, the first six months of this year versus last six months of uh, last year, the first six months of last year, that's up 45% in RAND because the RAND did improve from those awful, you know, that awful time is up 27%. Yeah. So they, they didn't have to do anything. You know, they, they, their sales just by selling an ounce of platinum went up 27%. So it's huge cash. And the effect, the operational gearing on the bottom line is in, incredible. So they're just spewing out cash. They did make a point, And this is a very important point that they did say. They say, we're all, everybody benefits from us doing well. We pay more taxes. We're paying more royalties. And also we're buying more things. And, uh, you know, we're buying more things from people because, of course, uh, as the mine, uh, the consumables pick up and then everybody around the mine gets paid and they go out and spend more money and so on. Yeah. So the, the, the multiplier effect is just is quite extraordinary. So to a large extent, this is offsetting other elements of, um, you know, of, of the government. And one of the. Oh, sorry, of the economy. And one of the reasons Cyril Ramaphosa has increased this um, grant is because they're getting more collections, particularly from the miners. So, you know, he's, he's gone out and spent it. The only problem is that you would have liked that money to go back into the economy, not in social grants. And please, I'm not denying people food, but I'm saying in normal circumstances or in, a, in historical circumstances, that money would have gone back in to the economy. But historically, historically David, there wouldn't be 35% unemployment and 65% yeah. youth unemployment. So yeah. unfortunately, mm -hmm. these people have to be looked after. Yeah. In, in the, and other people will say, uh, well, let them fail. And uh, But uh, no. of course, you can't do that. I, so they, no. the, the money has to be deployed in the short yeah. term to the people that need it the most. Yeah. And I'm not a socialist. What we... Yeah, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not uh, challenging it in any way. I think it's tragic. You know, South Africa is actually a tragedy. The way to combat that is to is to open up. You know, in other words, make it easier for mining expansion, and that's where the government's to blame. Not the thirty, not the people who are uh, poverty stricken, but rather they have to change stance here. They have to get people to come and open mines without all the kind of obstacles that we face when you want to do business in South Africa. And, and I think there's a lot of pressure on, on, on government now to open up. And the weekend press, I just read The Economist, I read The Financial Times, and, and, you know, and certainly other periodicals which featured South Africa, just highly critical. And we, we can't do what we've been doing. And mining is the one area 
that we can actually do well. You know, we, we, we've been miners since 18, well, if you go back to the diamond mines in the 1860s, you know, we've been at it for quite a long time. And through that, you've built up the skills around here that have been passed on. So it's something we can do well. Yes. And uh, there's plenty of, op- you know, there's plenty of opportunity here, but you've just got to create the right environment so that, you know, the mines can be built and uh, or expanded. Tell me about Tiger yeah, Brands, because we had the, the processed meat story and that, that mm. uh, disease that was spread from their products, and it's been proved that it came from listeriosis, <laughs> exactly. Now the tins of vegetables aren't uh, looking particularly yeah. happy. What's, what happened there? <laughs> it, it, it's a tragic story that they found leaking cans in their uh, vet, canned vegetables. Yeah. And initially it was only a few cans, but as they investigated more, they became a lot more concerned about how far this had stretched because uh, obviously what was happening is that the seam that, you know, the, the tin that was given to them to put the canned vegetables in uh, was leaking. So this could be the packager. I don't know who they deal with, but I think they have found that, uh, you know, over a years there could have been more leaking tins. Mm. Uh, and what they've had to do is withdraw or recall 20 million cans. I'm sure cans. a lot of them already being consumed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of being consumed, but it's a massive part of their uh, production. Now, the market's just brushed it aside. I mean, it's down about 2 or 3%, so it doesn't seem to be uh, that concerned about it. But I think it is a blight on the company, and, you know, it's difficult for the company having gone through the listeriosis issue, which was a health issue, now to be faced with another, you know, uh, not probable claims, but but issues around uh, faulty food. So I, I you know, I, I, listen. It's I've always it's 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 always been a a company that we've been close to of life. I used to do the audit there yeah. when uh, when in my auditing days, black cat peanut butter and jungle oats and so on. So you know, I'm just a bit sad that that. A company should be facing these kind of, of of issues, which is very sometimes very difficult just to brush aside. You know, it hasn't affected their food, their their, their fruit coup, and also I say their pulchards apparently. But uh, you know, you're going to go in now and you're going to see a. Well, I'm sure they're going to withdraw. All supermarkets will withdraw them from the shelves. Yeah, but the corner way. shops won't. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a problem, and and spouses and so on. Yeah. Precisely. Anyway, anyway. Uh, let, let's talk about other things. Anything else that caught your eye over the weekend? Because I know you're an assiduous reader over the weekend to, <laughs> to avoid to avoid the family. Uh, so you sit down in your study or your room and, uh, and you read The Economist and the FT and all sorts of other publications mm-hmm. online. I, uh, and so, what did you see? I, there's one story that, that, that I love. I was reading about Donald Rumsfeld. And uh, when he submitted his tax returns, he said that, uh, he said that, you know, the American tax system is unfathomable. Mm. You know, in other words, it just doesn't make sense. And he actually wrote a note and he said, look, basically in my words, I'm putting in my words, I've tried to do whatever I could. You know, um, I hope I've done it right, but it's almost impossible to get it, you know, to put in a, a tax return, a proper tax return. So almost apologizing if it's wrong. And, and, and why, why I laugh about that is that, one of the issues that, that so many people are worried about here is a tax called CITUS. I don't know if you've heard about this. No, go on. CITUS is a, is a, CITUS is, is, sounds a like tax a disease in America. 
Mm. Well, it's like a disease here. That's why I say it's like a virus. It's like the COVID virus. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's, it's an estate duty. And in the American tax system, if you own 60, more than $60,000 worth of U.S. equity, U.S. Uh, security. Oh, you or, told me about you know, this a, a few broad, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. But anyway, just briefly there's tell us now. There's a broad definition. Mm, yeah. There's a broad definition of, of, uh, owning, you know, whatever securities. If you, uh, so for example, if you own $60,000 worth of stock and God forbid you die, uh, you have to pay almost 40% uh, estate duty on that for $60,000. Now, for me, it's an aberration or it's one of these unfathomable issues because I was, uh, I, I had a chat to, to somebody on Friday and uh, which forced me to go into um, all the tax issues. And in America, the, their total bill is about $3.8 trillion. That's their uh, budget. That's what they collect. Yeah. A vast amount of it is individual taxes, which about 50%, you know, corporate taxes and so on. Estate duty, and this is interesting, when the estate duty in the United States, and I'm, I'm rounding off numbers, you know, these need to be checked, but estate duty accounts for less than 0.5%, less than half a percent of the amount collected. And the Trump, Mr. Trump introduced the threshold at over $11 billion, million dollars, sorry. So, only if you have an estate of over $11 million will you start to pay estate duty. Uh, and it doesn't mean at $11 million. It's over $11 million. So the first $11 million is free. It could be reduced in the future to $5 million. So work out what, what's that. $11 million is what? 100 to almost 200 million rand or something or even more than that. Okay, so, so that's the threshold. Now, what happens is that of 2.8 million people who died, and this is estimates for 2020, only 4,100 um, 4, will file returns. In other words, the, uh, the, you know, the heirs will file returns, um, of which only 1,900 will pay. So the total number of people in America that will pay estate duty in 2020 will be 1,900 states <laughs> now i don't know if you can get the irony are you picking up yes, the irony? 11 million dollars but we have a whole generation of tax advisors here or advisors say, oh my god you know if you've got sixty thousand, and this is true because this is in the rule book if you've got sixty thousand dollars worth of american shares you better get out of them and put it into a wrapper or do something like that so I'm saying it just it's unfathomable. It just doesn't tie up. I can't see if you own two hundred Berkshire Hathaway B shares, which comes to about, I don't know, sixty thousand dollars. You know, people are so scared that the Green Berets are gonna land here and come and get them. God forbid should they die, you know, the heirs are gonna be arrested because they haven't paid the stack. So that's the unfathomable thing. And I just shake my head. I say, listen, I don't even think they know CITUS exists. I don't even think they care about it. Yeah, just forget about it, and hopefully they'll brush just, over that's, it. Exactly. You, know, you know what I'm trying to exactly. say? Exactly. So. Yeah, the true accountant, <laughs> the, the, the true accountant came out. The true bean counter came out in, in you in the last two minutes and seventeen seconds. <laughs> I was going to talk about I was going to talk about women's beach volleyball between Switzerland oh, and the yeah. Netherlands this afternoon, but you've used up all your time on Donald Rumsfeld. We'll talk. Uh, but, we'll talk but, about beach volleyball tomorrow with uh, with Nick Kunza. <laughs> but I just want to talk to you about Rumsfeld, who doesn't know how to fill in his tax return. This is. 
is a famous quote from him. He says, reports that say that something hasn't happened are always interesting to me, he says, because as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. And that is Donald Rumsfeld. So no wonder he can't fill in his tax, tax return. David Shapiro is from Session Securities. And that was Shapiro World. And he'll be back with me tomorrow night with Nick Kunzer for the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.